Hello and welcome to The Double Life. I'm John Boozdar, and this week we visit Cleveland, Ohio, and sit down with artist Joey Gergen, someone who studied art in college and paved his own path by immersing himself in the local music scene. Now under the name Joey's World, he's forever cementing himself as one of the hardest working and multi-talented artists around. Enjoy. under the name Joey's World for uh, my art and illustration purposes. Uh, And it's Joey's X World on most on Twitter and Instagram, which is where I'm active the most. Um, And I am from Buffalo, New York, and I am currently living in Cleveland, Ohio. Cool. Nice. And, uh, Buffalo, New York. When did you move to Cleveland? Is that recent? Uh, no, I've been, so I've been living here probably for the past six years. Um, I went to college out here and the artist community here is super great. And uh, like I built an in with them through the college I went to. So I just kind of stayed. Um, yeah. Nice. And uh, did you go to school for art and the type of art that you do? Yeah, so I go to I went to the uh, Cleveland Institute of Art, and I uh, have a double major in printmaking and uh, oh my gosh, printmaking and drawing. Nice. Was that something that you were always interested in? Um, I guess growing up, you know, start drawing from a young age, and you know, always had that on the back burner. Something that you wanted to go and pursue, or did it kind of just? happen over time you're like hey i'm pretty good at this This is something i enjoy let's see how far i can go with it um it wasn't yeah so when i was like younger and i was like in middle school and stuff i would i like got into skateboarding when i was like fourth or fifth grade and i would get all the magazines and stuff and i would copy and paste or like cut up and like redraw all of the uh logos like the company toy machine all of their stuff is like this hand-drawn feel to it and i was like immediately pulled into stuff like that so i could like sit in my room and like sit and copy those instead of doing my math homework um and then when i got into like high school more i took more serious art classes and um i was kind of like an outlier in that scenario because i still was drawing cartoony stuff instead of focused on what we were learning Um, And then I think most parents, if their kids in the artistic field, want them to do something practical with it. Mm -hmm. So I think my uh, parents were kind of like, you got to go into graphic design. You got to go into graphic design. But I uh, ended up talking my way out of that. (laughs) And I ended up in the printmaking side of things, which has a like history that's fine art related, but definitely sits next to graphic design and design in general as like an art practice. Nice. That's a cool uh, influence. I mean, Toy Machine was rad. I mean, Ed Templeton and the kind of art that he does and that whole group of artists that in the documentary, I think it was like Beautiful Losers and that whole collective of people and the sort of art that they put out, which isn't I don't know. I guess they do to an extent have some sort of background that is similar in the sense of like maybe going to school, but I feel like a lot of them kind of just drew, you know, cartoony kind of things, but it 
I don't know, it resonates in a big way. Was that something that was difficult to do when you were in school? Did it feel like being an outcast and kind of creating that kind of work? Did it seem almost like you weren't taken as seriously amongst the community? Um, no, I think so. I think a lot of the faculty at the school was kind of in that age group of that beautiful losers, like realm of artists. So they kind of like knew what I was going after. And I saw that movie when I was in high school, I think in like seeing people like that dress the way I do or like, Oh, I wear like a flannel and t-shirts. I'm a like quote unquote normal guy. Like those kind of people. I was like, Oh, they're just like average people. I can also do this thing and kind of, you know, pursue art in a creative way. So, um, I think, you know, the people act like when I was in college, definitely kind of pushed me in that direction. And I think, um, yeah, that, that movie has such a huge influence. And then, the um, Margaret Kilgallen, who is, mm. uh, she was in that movie. She, uh, passed away of, cancer i believe but she her she just had a like her exhibition uh was just in cleveland last year and probably the last art show i saw before everything closed up and uh probably one of like the top artists i was like i need to see this before i die (laughs) yeah wow totally and i feel like her work is really cool um she was doing the whole like on the trains and everything too right that was sort of what she was doing yeah, she was on the trains and stuff and then kind of uh, started doing stuff like on murals and, and, uh, but her, yeah, her, there's like, a, there's like a video that I've seen like a hundred times of that, them with like, I don't like one of those like super eight cameras, just like filming her with like a piece of chalk drawing stuff on the trains. And then also pointing out like the lineage of like women in that community and like the lineage of like, just like, Oh, that like this chalk drawing is from this person from like 1930. And it's like insane, like how much she knew and like kind of shared. It's pretty cool. Yeah. That's super cool. And also, I mean, what I really find cool about that art is that it seems somewhat simple. You're like, Oh, I can do that. You know? And then you attempt to do it and you're like, wow, I don't have the foundations to pull something like that off just because it is, almost like something maybe to her it was simple to draw those lines in the way that she did and to you know create the characters that she did and it might be just one fluid motion and it came naturally to her but that's like years and years of practice and understanding and an appreciation I feel like you know more or less too because she is able to understand where the art form you know originates from and the people that were doing it previously so is that something that you I don't know, looking up to these artists, did it make you want to go like, okay, cool. I need to understand sort of the history of the type of art that I want to create and where it's coming from and kind of get an appreciation for that. Yeah. I love like, yeah, I loved kind of diving into their world and like that movie. And there's like, you know, I think there's an art 21 on her specifically and her her husband, Barry McGee and that group of people. And, and, and diving into that was so interesting. But like you said, like when things are in like, you watch them and it's like, Oh, that's just like one fluid motion or like repetition over and over again. And they can kind of hammer it out. Um, I love watching videos of like Keith Haring in like the subway stations doing like a similar thing. Um, where it's like this, you know, he just gets off the train and then you, he is like a four foot by six foot drawing in a matter of, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Uh, it's pretty incredible. And I think like my, my art, 
in a similar way. I don't think it, I'm, I'm definitely not as fast as them at recreating those things, but I like the idea of, um, repetition and motifs in my drawing. I, uh, do a lot of like, Oh, this is like, like there's this character, I guess a guy with a hat and it's just like a stand in for myself. Um, I just did a bunch of clothes with this dog on it. And if you like go through my Instagram stories, like the highlighted ones, there's like a little story about how that dog came to be and how it's always been in my drawings for like the past six years or so. Wow. That's super cool. Do you, um, I don't know. There's uh has that like originated how, I mean, I'd love to know like a little bit more about that story of how that character came to be and sort of how you come up with your ideas and the characters and kind of the, you know, the process of the mindset when it goes into that. Yeah. I, so the, there's this artist, Saul Steinberg, and I saw he's from the forties and forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, New Yorker illustrator. Uh, one of my favorite artists and he's kind of a character, but there's this video of him like in Hawaii drawing and like, they were just like videoing him doing it. It's really weird, but he's just like, I start with this and that's myself. And I saw that and I was like, well, I always draw this kid with a hat. Well, that's probably just me in like drawing personal drawing to me is so much just a diary or like, uh, view of the way I'm observing the world around me. So like, it's like, I'm seeing like, Oh, like the apartment I live in, but like, how do I breathe color and life and like a vibrancy to that? How do I create an energy around this? Like, uh, you know, life that I have, um, the story, I guess with the dog and like the, I guess the boy with a hat, like I had somebody, two or three years ago asked me like, why doesn't like, you don't wear hats all the time. Why do you have like, why don't you draw them with glass? Like, you know, like the things you wear all the time. And I was like, well, I wear hats most of the time. And I wore a hat every single day as a kid. Hmm. And I think a lot of the way I'm drawing is this, uh, like comes from this like fictional becoming of native coming of age air narrative where it's just like, I'm growing into my shoes. I'm becoming an artist. I'm becoming who I am as a person and learning every day and being better, being worse, depending on the day and processing that information. And the dog, I think I don't, I've never actually owned a dog, but I've always kind of wanted one or like my grandparents had one growing up. And I would draw them together, the guy with the hat walking the dog or whatever. And, you know, it'd be these like melancholy kind of drawings that are kind of sad or like have this air of sadness around them. And, you know, just moving through the world with those two things. And, you know, I didn't really realize I was doing it, but it became ever present. And like now those two characters are kind of shifting and I'm drawing them in a more aggressive way. Than I used to like I've been doing them as linoleum cuts and like the guy like the most one of the most recent ones the guy has like 10 eyes and the dog is like has a spiky chain collar it's like kind of funny but like also I feel like just like the current you know world and climate kind of is begging for like a more aggressive output than I normally have nice that's really awesome does it feel I don't know does the character almost it is like a representation of sort of your emotions. And is it sometimes 
that are used as a way to express things that you may or may not feel like you can actually express, you know, in the real world in a, you know, in a tangible way of actually like going out and speaking your thoughts. Sometimes you feel like you have to like hold back, but you can use your artwork in these characters to kind of convey your emotions differently. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and I think maybe if it's not like, I'm not saying like I'm not good at communicating my ideas or like, oh, like, you know, this bad thing happened today. I need to tell this person, whatever. I think a lot of the times I'm slow, slower to respond or slower to act on a situation. So I think going back, having this time to myself to sit and draw with like a blank page and like letting those events over the past couple months or like block out a section of time you know, put that all into one drawing that takes, you know, two or three days helps you, helps me process that information and helps me kind of like understand how I've been treating people or how the world around me has been affecting me. You know, there's a a give and take, I think, in both of those. Hmm. Has the like current climate of well, I guess it's changing in a way, um, but it's you, we've been deep into this climate for a while as far as, you know, the COVID and the lockdown. And has that affected your art in the sense of, I guess, you know, in a way having more time to do art, but at the same time may not be like emotionally in a good space to create art, if that makes sense. Has it been kind of like a juggling and balancing act in a way? Yeah, it's been interesting. So I got laid off in the beginning of it. Um And because I was a retail worker at an art supply store and I didn't, I, my skills are in art making. So I didn't really know what to do and I didn't have a source of income. So I just started and I didn't have like, like you're saying, it's like harder to make art. I didn't really have the brain power to think of, you know, big concepts or, you know, ideas for these things. So I started collaging every day. Hmm. Um, And it was springtime. And so all the colors were coming in and were all really beautiful. And so a lot of my collages are just like cut color swatches and, and like pictures of flowers and stuff like that. So I kind of just kind of observed the springtime and observed the scenery around me. I would go on long walks and I would go to the park as much as often, you know, just to get out of the house. And I made about like, 50 collages or so and then condensed them down into a little book but I think doing that for the first three months of it um really kind of got my head on as a like I can still make art no matter what is going on in the world and it still is effective and communicates and through color or like abstraction still kind of expresses an emotion of joy or celebration with other people and a togetherness, even though, you know, everybody's in their house, social distancing. I think a lot of joy, I think was for me was, you know, putting those out in the world and getting response from people. And I think the, I think people also enjoyed like when they're scrolling online that they can see the, you know, saw the collages when they were doom scrolling and it was something bright in their world. Mm. Um, And then like the lockdown actually allowed me to like the reflection to be like, Oh, I can do art full time. I don't need this uh, art retail job anymore, really. So I work there two days a week because I like it. Um, 
But for the most part, I'm in my house making art now. And I don't think if the lockdown happened, I think I would still be there pretty full time and uh, not going as hard as I am doing what I'm doing. Nice. That's kind of cool. That's, uh, yeah, sort of like a blessing in disguise sort of thing. And it came to be like, you know, a, a better situation and for the most part. Does it... uh? What does that look like as far as like uh, marketing your art and turning it into, I don't know, business seems like a weird word, but like making money and a living off of it has that, you know, what does that look like and how does that kind of, I don't know. Yeah, I think, so I think art is from like a huge part of growing up uh, for me was going to like concerts and like hardcore and punk shows. So the best part about going or not the best part, the best part was seeing the bands, but like I'd always get a record or a t-shirt or whatever. And that output of like merchandise is kind of synonymous with that, that if by purchasing a t-shirt through me or whatever, you're just helping me put my out in or my art out in the world in a further way. Um, I think it's, it's, uh, interest, like in a lot of the way I work with commissions seems to be a little bit like I do a lot of work for punk and hardcore bands. Um, and it seems to be a little bit more collaborative than just like, Hey, draw me this thing. Uh, I really try to sit down with the band, whether email or phone calls and say like, what are you interested in? Um, what are you thinking about? you know, what are the themes on your record? What do you think the images should be like? What colors do you like? Um, it's really like, it's, I don't know, working with people, like I'm in that sense of communication and really trying to understand their artwork to make artwork is really uh, rewarding and mm. making it a business. It, it kind of like is pretty fluid um, just because it helps, it's helping share and promote others work and others artwork as well. Nice. Does your art, I don't know, has it always been influenced by like punk rock and that sort of, you know, vibe and energy, or did you have to kind of change your art in order to, you know, make album artwork and different things for these, uh, bands and stuff that you're working with? That's a, that's a good question. I think that's like kind of multifaceted because uh, a lot of, I went uh, a lot of the way I think of hardcore is like, it is, or like punk is supposed to be this space of originality and creativity and openness, mm -hmm. but you go to the show and every single person there is wearing the exact same outfit, depending on the band. Um, I think that veil is lifting a little bit in terms of like, I don't know, like I'm going to like the black metal show, but I'm going to wear like a t-shirt, like a colorful neon t-shirt or whatever. Like you kind of like, I would do that every once in a while on accident and I would get stares. But I think like um, there's this one band in particular give that I have done a shirt for, but their lyric, like all their imagery is like floral. Like they have a Daisy with a G in it, which is like iconic to me. Um, and really set a, a tone for the way I wanted to start doing art. And then a couple other bands around that same time period started coming out and started using more vibrant colors. And I think 
that the aggression in the music or like the tones of the guitars do lend themselves to brighter colors than like sometimes being so dark and ominous that uh, I think the world often sees it as. Sure. Does it, um, I don't know, how do you reach out to these bands or do they reach out to you and how do you market your artwork in that, you know, realm of things? It's, uh, it's cool. It's like a pretty, I, as big of a, like as much as it spreads across like the whole country, I think it's cool that there's so like, I, I like, I, I guess it started with this one band anxious and I just kind of messaged them because I saw their album art and, um, was just kind of like, I love what you do. And they only had a demo out at the time, but then they did this seven inch and let me do a lot of work with that. And it kind of blew up from there. Cause I mean, they're touring the whole country. So one, per, you know, one person's like, who drew this? And then it kind of shuffles around and uh, bands do a really good job of sharing who does their artwork. I feel like, mm. um, especially in the community that I'm in. Um, and then I started doing work with this band Sunstroke and I kind of like last year on new year's, I was like, by the end of the year, I'm going to do a shirt for this band. Like I did, I just kind of like, that was like the last, like I made a little list of bands I wanted to work with. And that was the last one. And they, um, they, he's the singer that band Sean has become like a long-term collaborator. Now we, I do a lot of stuff for his band, but he's doing a tape label and I'm doing a logo for that. And I think doing stuff from them, they have like a little bit older audience. So that kind of helped share some of that information, like get that to a different level in a different space than um, I was at before. So it kind of just kind of keeps growing itself. Nice. Does it, um, I don't know, what are the future goals look like for you? Do you want to continue to do artwork and stuff for bands and everything within that scene? Or do you have other you know, like avenues that you want to go down or has it been, you know, pretty solid just where it's been going? Um, it's pretty solid right now, but I, I'm always kind of looking for what's the next thing I can do. Um, I'm really happy. I, like with the group that I'm working with. And I think like when I was in school, I kind of viewed all my clothing stuff as like supplemental to what I'm doing, but the more and more I get into designing it or like seeing a full pro it, it's really satisfying to like have this drawing and envision it as a t-shirt and then send it out somewhere, which um, send it out somewhere and then get it back as a product. Mm. Like it's, I, it's, or like doing a full record layout. It's different from seeing it on a piece of paper than seeing it as like a physical object. Um, so it were like in a store or something. Um, I don't know, you know, where it's going to go from there, but I think it, it it's only on and up right, right now, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Does the, um, I don't know, the type of art that you do as far as like painting and drawing in that way, do you ever want to go into a different realm of maybe like physical type art or, um, I don't know, a different form of printmaking in a way and more materialistic in a sense, or I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but to like material art, you know? Yeah. I think we've spent a lot of time talking about, I guess, like commission work or like my illustration practice. Um, I kind of, I do break my art up into like three different categories. Um, I do the 
you know, the commission work and then my clothing and then I guess my fine art practice, which is, um, I guess it's been on the back burner and I guess that's why I haven't been like leading with it. Um, yeah, I do a lot of painting and stuff like that. And I love, I think that's like my, my favorite joy. And that's kind of where, like what we were talking about before with the character, with the hat and the dog and those things show up, um, more and more. Um, I think that, yeah, I think ultimately I want to get uh, MFA from somewhere and teach in college. I like sharing art and sharing creativity with others. And I think that teaching college would be a great goal for me and a more stable thing than doing band art. Um, I think that, and I think that that would also like allow me the opportunity to focus more on painting and sharing, you know, my fine quote unquote fine art practices with the world. Hmm. Um, I do make like books and zines about once a year. And that kind of is like the culmination of all the physical art that I've been working on at the time. Nice. That's super cool. Um, that's rad. I like the whole books and zine thing. And I've checked out your, like the clothing they make is super rad. I'm a big fan of, um, like champion sweaters and stuff. So I was like, Oh, that's dope. That's like super (laughs) comfy. Yeah. I just finished those ones up, which was super fun. Yeah. It's super sick. Um, is that, that must be cool. Cause I feel like you're switching around a whole different, you know, type of style of putting your artwork on different things, whether it's creating a book or a zine and doing fine art, like paintings and stuff, doing um, commission work for bands, you know, that's like going onto an album or a vinyl or cover or something. And then also doing clothing. Um, Has that kind of made you, I don't know, pretty well versed in different types of mediums and also just kind of different forms of business in a way. Yeah. I think, well, for the mediums thing, I think there's all, like, I have a physical like uh, mentality about things. So I'm really bad with Photoshopping computers. And I think every, like every single, every single one of my pieces kind of turns, starts in a physical space uh, and then kind of eventually turns into a digital piece. Um, I had one of my best friends, his name was Chris Darling and his stuff was kind of in the same vein, but way better than I could ever do it. Um, he would start with like these, he would make like little linoleum cuts, but it would just be like the sleeve of a person's shirt. And then his Photoshop document would be like 150 layers of all these little pieces layered on top of each other. Hmm. And like seeing one of those, just seeing one of the files one time and seeing um, just like the little scraps of paper with the stencils cut out, like kind of lit that fire in my brain of to start taking apart my physical objects and like bringing them into the digital space for when I work with uh, commissions and things like that. Um, And I think, yeah, doing so many different things, like I'm learning like in working with like people and clothing, I work with a lot of people that I know. So my friend, Jimmy, he runs Edgeman printing out of Detroit. And then I've been working with these people called lucky house in um, Boston area. And they both are really great at answering every question I have. And it's more just like learning what is needed 
for them to make their life the easiest. <laughs> um, cause I feel like you, if you're like who, you know, whatever I can hand you just a picture of something and it could be terrible, but those people are trained to make it look awesome. Um, and do a great job at that. But I did over the summer I, with the shirts, I challenged myself and I did a whole painting and I just texted it to the, to my friend, Jimmy, and was just like, can you print this? And he said, yeah, that'll be fun. And I was like, cool. It ended up being like seven screens for a screen print, but he um, figured it out, which was awesome. Yeah. Does it, um, and I kind of want to dive into a little bit more of sort of the, like the background of kind of like the art that you learned in school. How did that, I don't know, how was that whole process of moving from Buffalo and then going to Ohio and kind of just the, you know, change in atmosphere and change in, you said the art scene was a little bit different and kind of how you fell in love with it and, you know, continue to stay here, there or here, I guess, till this day. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, well, I think my story is a little different than a lot of people. When I was a senior, I went from senior year in high school. Um, I went straight to college and I spent maybe the first four months. It's, or I went from, no, I went from August to October and half of October, I had like a mental breakdown and said, I can't do this anymore and dropped out. And then uh, spent a whole year in my parents' basement watching TBS reruns <laughs> mm -hmm. and uh, kind of like just couldn't get myself out of the rut. And um, I was scrolling on Facebook one day and my favorite band, uh, Lemuria, posted like looking for an intern. And I applied to that and I got it. And basically all it was was packing up the mail orders for that band. And he, um, the drummer of that band, Alex, had a um, screen print shop in their garage. And he had, like, he would do all his mail order himself. And um, he had a record store in his basement. So it was this cool little, like, community and kind of like dream world for, like, a 19-year-old kid to be wandering through. Um and through that, I just learned a ton of stuff, but I still wasn't like doing well mentally. And I ended up spending up a week in a hospital to kind of figure out medications and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of at the end of my rope, but I got out of that and LaMaria was about to go on a 30 day tour and the drummer, Alex, he just said, Hey, you're like, you know, if you want to draw, we have 30 shows coming up. Can you do a poster for every single day? And that kind of lit the fire under me. I had to draw 30 posters in 30 days wow. and I couldn't really, yeah, I couldn't second guess myself. And it gave me this like fire to pursue that. Like, and I got, you know, I went back to school and I was like, okay, I'm here now. And I did this crazy task like of doing that. And it was received pretty well for somebody who like wasn't drawing for a whole year and wasn't good. Like I, I didn't feel like, I look at that stuff now and I know it's not good, but I'm glad that they gave me that opportunity. It was so fun. And I was like, so thankful for it. Um, and then I got to college and all like, I had uh, this one professor, Christy Birchfield, who just was like, 
like kids would like, if you, the class was like eight 30 in the morning. And if you were like asleep, she would shake the desk hmm. and like, make sure you were awake. And it was like, kind of like scared, but like, I just did my work and like nose to the grindstone. And she, I felt like she took me under her wing and like, she was in the printmaking department, which I really didn't have an idea of what that was, but she opened up that door for me in a way to see that like the fine art application of that and like also how it fits into what I want to do. Um, and then from there, you like, so the first year of college for me, you just learn fundam fundamentals. So it's like drawing still lives and drawing or like design principles. So it's just like your or color theory and things like that. Um, and then your second year, you would get into your um, major. So I chose drawing and printmaking and you get your own studio space. So it's just kind of, it feels like Harry Potter in a way where you're like, I'm in my house of drawing in my house of printmaking. Mm. You get your little studio and then every single night, everybody's in there till like two in the morning and like working hard and like you could walk around and talk to them. And you kind of have this little community of drawers and printmakers that's separate from the rest of the school. <laughs> and you kind of harvest, you build your own community there, but then they bring in other artists from the area and you get to sit and talk with them about just what you're doing and see like what they're about. And then there are like places in the city called like 70 street studios. That's just uh, open every third Friday. And it's a old uh, American greeting card factory and it's just art galleries. So you can just walk around in there and see some really cool, awesome stuff, you know, and it's ro ever rotating. Um, and I actually, my junior year got to curate a show there where I got to pick my own artists for it. And, um, kind of gave them the prompt of just doing as much art as they could. So I think I had a catalog, everything, and it was over 500 pieces of art in this little gallery space. Um, and just like kind of challenging myself in that and learning about curating and like renting out a gallery and stuff like that was so cool. And then going from, and then your senior year, you kind of dive in and just spend the whole year focused on your own body of work. And then you have a little show at the end of it. And you have to like get a panel of teachers to like critique you for an hour and you have to defend everything you've made. <laughs> wow. And it was pretty intense. But, and then I had, after, after I graduated from there, I had a solo show back in Buffalo, but I was like kind of back and forth between Cleveland and Buffalo. But I think ultimately just living here, there's more people who understand who I am and understand what I'm doing. Um, that helps me kind of get my stuff back on like get my head on my shoulders and get me making art. Nice. Do you, um, I don't know, I guess the sort of community that you build within an art school like that, where you have, you know, you're surrounded by a bunch of artists. What was the mentality amongst the students? Was it like, you know, doing something that you love and everyone there being super stoked on art and understanding I don't know, like the general, I guess in a way, the social stigma of art in the sense that it isn't necessarily going to make a ton of money. Was there like the running joke throughout the whole campus and the school of like, oh, we're all going to be starving artists in a way? Or was there a sense of like, oh, that's just, you know, a myth and it's not real and we're going to go on to do, you know, big things and make a ton of money and all that? 
Um, that's, that's a good question. Uh, so working at that art supply store, I have the joy of meeting all of the freshmen every single year. Mm. And this year I was helping a mother and her son out and the son came up to me or the mother came up to me and said like, Oh, where's this? And I said, Oh, it's over here. You get near like foundation stuff for CIA. I went there. I loved it. And the mom just scoffed at me and said, Oh, another unemployed artist. And I said, well, I'm employed. And she said, well, you know what I mean? And I said, you don't know what I do in my spare time. And you don't know how, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, wow. but yeah, it was pretty, that was pretty <laughs> brutal, but I just kind of like shrugged it off and kind of, I think a lot of people have perceptions like, Oh, you're going to be a starving artist. You're going to be this, you're going to be that. Um, the school does a really awesome job of curating. They do this thing called lunch on Fridays where they would just bring in an artist of any field. So ceramicist, glass artist, uh, car designers, um, you know, all, to, uh, toy makers, um, painters, printmakers all over the board. And they would just talk about what they do and how they pursued their career. Um, the, the visual arts faculty makes sure that all their faculty is showing work all the time. Um, and they're all some of the most talented, like talented people I've seen and like super influential on my practice itself. Um, so I think that seeing their output in the world and having all these people coming in constantly was like kind of a sense of reassurance in that. Mm -hmm. Um, the student, the student vibe in that regard, uh, I, th I don't know if we ever really like talked about it one-on-one, -on -one, um, with them, but I, th I think we kind of got past that or either accepted our fate or, uh, we're in denial about our fate because the critiques were pretty much like head on and critical of just what you are making and never like, Oh, like, how does this play once you're in the, like, how is that going to make you money? It's more just like, you're here, you believe in what you're doing. Like, what is it about? <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Do you feel like, I don't know, your role, if you wanted to get into like teaching art and everything like that, is that something that is partly influenced by the teachers that you had and how they influenced you and um, pushed you to get, you know, pursue art and get into it a little bit more? Yeah, without a doubt. I think that like the like every pretty much every single professor I had in the visual arts department like molded me in some way and like inspired me pretty much daily. Um and I'm still friends with a lot of them and we still like, you know, I had a Zoom call with one of them about all the collages I was doing cuz he taught the collage class and like um doing things like, like that and like just keeping in touch and, and making sure people are being creative and expressing themselves and believing that they can do this thing for a living is kind of like one of the most beautiful things. I think like, I think the underlying mission statement of my art practice is inspire others to make things. I um, want to try to figure out a way to do that more, but I think like, I think teaching would be such a vital part of that. Nice. Would you, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm also curious, like, is your family back home in Buffalo or do they move over here as well? 
So my sister actually went to school out here before I did. So it was like coincidental, but nice that she was only a couple miles away at any given moment. Um, but my family's still in Buffalo, but it's only a three hour drive. So it's super easy to get back and forth between the two cities. Um, yeah. Nice. Does it, um, I don't know that, I mean, that's kind of cool that your sister went there. So your family was super accepting and cool with art and going down that avenue. She went to a different school. She went for like, um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. we're yeah, we're two very different people. Sorry. <laughs> Interesting. I was like, oh, she's she went to art school too, and your parents are super stoked on that. That's rad. Okay. No, I, yeah. That, oh man, I would love. She gets like the little, um, like they have like little craft packs in the dollar section at Target for like Thanksgiving or Christmas, and she gets those and like glues the little puff balls on the Christmas trees mm. and like sends them to me and is like, look at what I made, and I'm always just like, cool, yeah. <laughs> look what I made. Yeah. Wow. So is that, um, I don't know, what do your parents think now? Because they kind of wanted you to get into graphic design and all that. And you're kind of doing that for the most part, right? And you're still kind of like commissioning and you're making, you're living on your own. And you're, um, I don't know, making a business out of your art and stuff. Are they like stoked on that? Are they surprised? How are their emotions? Yeah, they've been super supportive throughout the process. Um, I think it, it gets tough. Sometimes I think it's tough when you say, oh, I'm going to work for myself or I'm going to be self-employed and the thing I'm selling is art. You know, I think that's probably tough for a parent to hear whether, you know, from myth or whatever. Um, But I think, I think um, this year has been a good testament of that. I can do it. And I think that they've seen that through and through, which has been awesome. They've kind of been, cheerleaders on the sideline throughout the whole process, which has been really wonderful. Dope. What is, uh, I guess the rest of the year look like for you? Um, that's a good question. I just, so I earlier this, like in the fall, I just did a line of disposable cameras and every single person who got one in the mail can submit back five photos that they took. And I'm going to make a zine of everybody's art that was taken with those cameras Wow. That's Um, awesome. Jeez. What made you think of that? That's really, really cool. The band title fight just made cameras for when they played warp tour. And Mm. I don't know if they ever had like output other than a collector's item, but I, like I was saying earlier, I want people to be creative. I think people currently are locked up inside and my biggest savior through this like COVID quarantine process has been going to these like giant national parks and just going for walks and taking pictures of all the foliage. Um, and I think that I wanted to make something that was a push for others to do that. And, uh, also I love the idea. I have a couple like, there's one kid who bought one who was in eighth grade. I don't think he knows what a disposable camera is, but I'm excited to see what he does with it. Um, And, you know, there's a great range of people who are experienced photographers to, you know, people who have never shot with a camera before. Um, I think it'll be so cool to see, you know, and encourage that creativity and that people can do things with it. Um, And then what else? So I just got asked today to do a shirt for this band Change. Um, they are really cool. And I was shocked that they asked me, um, I'm doing a couple more things with the band Sunstroke that I talked about earlier. Um, 
and I'm doing a second run of those crew neck sweatshirts. I'm doing a second run of the corduroy hats. Um, but I am trying to wind it down before the holidays. Cause I always try to do stuff on like black Friday, but then like, I realized that if you post your art on Black Friday, you are unintentionally competing with Walmart and Target, and there's no need to do that when mm. you're me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's fair. Nice. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, that's dope, man. Was your, if you could like look back at yourself, um, I don't know, maybe during that like period of time where like things weren't super solid, what advice would you have for yourself to like kind of push on and keep going to, you know, kind of where you are now and, you know, how much you've made out of art and your creativity and your skill set. And um, I guess maybe advice too for people that are younger that want to pursue art, people that are in art school, people that maybe just, you know, want to draw and be creative during this time. Yeah, I I think as a kid, I was a really eccentric kind of kid. I always wore like bright colors and was kind of loud and screaming and all over the place. And um, I think that like being true to that sense of like who I was as a kid or like letting that transition to who I am as an adult, whether it be through like painting with fluorescent colors or painting or, you know, wearing like the Devo hat in my Instagram stories. I think like, I think those like being goofy and being weird and being eccentric and loud and just sharing who I am as a person and allowing vulnerability to be a thing in my life instead of like, like every time something tragic or sad that's happened to me, I like in the moments of self-reflection, I don't say like, what wall can I put up? I try to ask myself like, how can I express myself through this? What is the better outtake from this? Um, you know, how can this like show compassion towards others? How can I extend my empathy towards others through creativity? Um, and I think that as a younger kid, I was just trying to put up too many walls and like let all of these terrible things take over my life that didn't need to be there. And I think just, you know, embracing the cartooniness or embracing, um, you know, the way that my drawing is or who I am as a person is the ultimate best path to have. Nice. That's awesome. That's really, really cool. Um, rad man. Sweet. So how can people get connected with you and check out your work and all the awesome merch and different things you're creating? How can they, you know, yeah. Um, so it's, I have Instagram, it's at Joey's X world. Um, also on Twitter at Joey's X world, which is just a lot of dad jokes. So nice. be mindful of that. Um, I have a Patreon that, uh, I think is also, yeah, it's Joey's X world on Patreon. So patreon.com backslash Joey's world. Uh, Mark McGrath of Sugar Ray did a cameo for it. So you should be a fan. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, joeysxworld.com is my art website and is still under construction, but it'll be up soon. Cool. Rad, man. Well, thank you so much for sitting down and speaking to me. Yeah, no, thank you so much for reaching out. This was so fun. 
Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Double Life. If you want to see more of Joey's work, you can visit him on Instagram and Twitter at Joey's X World. You can follow us at The Double Life Pod. Make sure to subscribe, tell your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Adios.